Growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Had a lot of football this weekend. Had fun, so... Oh. Yeah, you uh, didn't all go our way, but we learned that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is the most important thing, right? So, right. I think our sounds uh, yeah. good. When you logged in, did you say I logged in without headphones? Correct. Awesome. Perfect. Yes. That, I've actually found that, like, when you log into this without headphones, it sounds pretty dang good. So. Okay. Awesome. Ready. I'm ready, man. Let's do it. I've been thinking too much. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, man. All right. Uh, pump, man. Like I told you earlier, this is my my new game day. Um, switching up the flavor a little bit here. I got a blast from the past. Dexter Hansen or Dex. Some call him Sexy Dexy back in the day. <laughs> um, Long time ago. <laughs> one of my hometown buddies, inner circle guy from Liberty Hill, Texas, right outside of Austin, the Hill Country. Um, a graduate of the University of Mary Harden Baylor. What was your major there? Business management. Business management. Got it. And that's kind of what you're doing today. Uh, found your first job at Enterprise Rental Car, now okay. at Flooring Solutions as a commercial yes. flooring project manager hobbies um and i said hobbies and extracurricular activities um but your hobbies really are like the flag football games like yeah you're I extremely mean, play, engaged in that right right we play year round nice uh fishing sports and coaching youth sports and throughout a lot of these episodes there's a theme there too right so a uh, little bit about Dex, uh, jump into some memories. First one, Kyle Lumpkin. Talked okay. to him today. I haven't talked to him in forever. So this is another reason why I do this is so I can reach out and pull some people in. Kyle Lumpkin. So for the group, Dex was our high school quarterback and Lumpkin was the center. So Lumpkin delivered you the package and, you know, you dished it out, right? He had a fun memory. It was one Friday. It was Shell's prep day practice because, um, you know, later on in the day, it was going to be the game. It was like the, the warm up, And uh, that walkthrough of that game, he wore boxers versus the compression <laughs> garment requirement. So he wasn't ready to do what he had to do um, and said, you were pissed. Uh, his attitude at the time, like maybe he had something else going on. He, uh, was sucks to be you. Uh, you made the decision to pull your hands back early on a snap to make him pay for his poor preparation. Remember that? 
That's a true story. I remember. I want to say that was like before a Wimberley game. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. I remember that actually. That's great. Yeah. And, and, the, and the OC, Walker, who became the, the head coach at, at Liberty Hill and took uh, Liberty Hill to state um, multiple times. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, passive cancer. Dex, you, you live with him for a while. Um, he got on your ass and he was like, Dex, what are you doing during that play or whatever, during that warm up? Mm-hmm. But you owned it. Like, hey, coach, that's my fault, right? But that was that, that was a fun memory. I, I got a little chuckles out of that when he told me about it. So, all right. Oh, that's great. I had forgotten about that. That's good stuff. Chance. So I got a hold of Chance today, too. I haven't talked to Chance in forever. Um, he said when he first came to Liberty Hill, because um, – you came from California. What part of California did you come from? You moved to Central Texas San from San Jose. All right. Mm-hmm. Came to Liberty Hill around the fifth grade era uh, from San Jose. Uh, and basketball was hot. And then community league basketball um, was going on. You came in um, and you got a last minute shot to win a game. Um, and chance stuffed you. But you called it. But you called a foul. He totally fouled me. <laughs> he also said that um, there's not a bad bone in your body, right? So, on to Jason. Jason Simpson. Um, two memories that stood out for that guy uh, that make him smile every day. One's in Port Aransas. You guys, um, you, him, Nate, a few others, maybe Brandon Zoki. Um, mm-hmm. went camping on the beach, uh, but you had a group of strangers coming nearby, similar age. One of the guys was getting mouthy and wanted to bare knuckle fist fight somebody. So you volunteered. Like, hey, I'm up for the task. Uh, you know, when you, get a few, when you get a few beers in you, you know, you're just like, let it ride. <laughs> Uh, he said you kept favoring your right arm. Like you were always punching with the right. You threw the haymaker with the right. You were like right-sided. So like using 50% of what you could do. Um, and he was saying, Dex, use your left, use your left. Um, but your left-hander, once you finally throw that one, uh, connects with the guy's right eye, splits it, splits it open uh, just above the cheekbone. And the guy taps out. Lots of blood. Remember that? I do remember that, but uh, man, that, just thinking about that's crazy. I'm uh, I, I would never volunteer to do something stupid like that nowadays. <laughs> that's why I like the memory yeah. sections because when you pull back memories from people that you were kind of close to, it's like all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, I totally forgot about that!" Right? <laughs> right. Um, after that event, it felt like y'all earned your spot on the beach that night. So. That was cool. Right. Uh, second memory uh, for Jason was an early morning swim in the um, Panama City Beach in Florida. Senior trip. Okay. Um, what do you remember about that? <laughs> I remember. Uh, uh, I, I think we pulled an all-nighter, and um, we decided, like, hey, we're gonna let's go to the beach. Let's go swimming. And we're out there just being dumb and. Uh, you know, peeing in the water, doing stupid stuff. Next thing we know, 
like we, we get back to the to the room and early that morning something on the news about how many sharks were in that area and how dangerous it would be to be swimming during that time of the morning because that's like a high feeding time i guess i remember jason and i looking at each other like there's no one here right that's, yeah there's no that's one something here. he mentioned it's like no one's around here like why Right. We're the only ones out there. <laughs> just just there for the picking if they wanted to. Nice. He said y'all uh, started swimming further and further out. Y'all were both exhausted. About 200 yards offshore. Um, and then kind of looked at each other and said, like, let's go back. All right, got it. Uh, made it in. He said two days later uh, on the news, there was a shark attack about a mile away from where y'all were swimming. Right. Sound about right? It, it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> On to Nate Dog. So Nate Nathaniel Davis. Um, he said, so you came to Liberty Hill, uh, really small town, Central Texas, um, small mom and pop store type of place, which has grown into like a freaking mega city right now. Yes, of, uh, it's huge. Austin. Yeah, it's got toll roads going in and out of it. Uh, poor, poor Hill Country, Texas. It's no longer a Hill Country. It's a freaking city. Uh, right. But so Nate moves in around eighth grade. After, you know, you, you've you been with us for a little bit. Nate moves in around eighth. Um, and word gets going around town about Nate being the big baller. Right? Yeah. Thanks, Heather Wyrick. Right? Because right? I think. Yep. Maybe Heather Weirich uh, went to school with this guy at some private Christian school at the time. Right. But y'all end up talking about basketball when he's coming in on the summer uh, before he starts. Uh, fast forward a few weeks later. First day of school. Uh, you guys were, were becoming friends, uh, but you haven't you hadn't seen each other play yet. Uh, until around that time, and and at that time, Nate comes over to your house after school, mm -hmm. yep. and y'all get to have the most intense one-to-one -one pickup game slash, uh, you know, fight <laughs> uh, that he's ever had to play, even to this day. Uh, yep. But y'all tied at the end of it. His mom like came and picked him up. Y'all were going back and forth, back and forth. Um, but like boxers in a ring, y'all were glad to hear that bell ring at the same time. Right. Going oh, yeah. back and forth. Uh, a high level of respect was developed between you two that day. Um, second memory from Nate was um, just being around you forces him to keep up and perform your best uh, your competitive drive in life and that one-to-one -one game uh, as an example nate saw your approach to life sports work school personal relationships you lead with action uh, hard work and dedication that you're competitive and a leader um but he said, leave this off, off the record, but this is not, um, this is a real place to talk. So um, 
Well, I'm going to bring it on here. He said he's he's still a better basketball player than you, and always will be. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, last one before we get into your story. Um, so these are from me. Um, my memories of, of Dex is um, it's funny because I I wrote this down before the memory came in from Jason on the boxing on the beach bare knuckle was uh, boxing at the Stappers uh, on the Simpsons lease where we did the bonfires on the weekends. Oh, yeah. Man, I I remember those boxing times. That was a good time. Dude, could you imagine these parents nowadays if kids <laughs> were to just get together and beat the shit out of each other like we used to? Like, I know. It'd be like news or something. Like <laughs> It's not just that. Um, we used to organize boxing events at the high school football field. <laughs> yeah. There'd be a hundred kids out there just circled up, get two and get in and just beat the shit out of each other. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, all right. Um, you were the offensive leader. Okay. So I play both ways. Um, but when I got on offense, it's like Dex is in charge. Right. Um, you knew how to rally the troops uh, with some verbal. Like you always have to have some verbal in there. Right. But you were a shot caller at the same time because um, you your shots were backed up by action. And, and to me, and this was a big one for me, like, like in everything I do, there has to be somebody that can call a shot and follow through on it like a hundred percent huge respect like i will do anything that you say because you just called a shot you made it happen and then said i told you so right like and that's like like a small story of that like those are the cliff notes but there's so much more that goes into making that shot call to action to I told you so actually happened right so um I think you did that really well um as a quarterback in high school so I wanted to pull that out and I know high school is like 20 years away but at the same time I think you're still doing that today so I wanted to uh call that out as a memory and um while we get into your story yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's that's great. Um, well, yeah, like you said, you know, I was born in San Jose, California. Uh, my parents were both really young. Yeah, they were about they were nineteen when they had me, so you know, young parents. And uh, we spent time there. You know, of course, still uh, all my family diehard 49er fans. Um, uh, we eventually, uh, you know, like I said, my dad's young, so he was traveling, moving for work and traveling. And we ended up move, actually moving to Fargo, North Dakota for a year from, from, uh, at the time we were living in Sacramento. So from Sacramento to Fargo, North Dakota, big culture shock. What do you remember? Spent about a year Sacramento? there. Uh, it was a shithole. No, <laughs> I, I remember getting off the school bus and there was this like vacant house with these homeless people there. And I remember getting off the school bus and just hauling ass so that no one would talk to me or say anything until I got to a safe spot. <laughs> nice. Uh, That's good. Yeah, you know, 
then from, from there, we, uh, we go to, to North Dakota, spend a year there, uh, and then move to uh, a town called Berlin, uh, New Mexico, right outside of Albuquerque. Um, spent some time there. I got really involved in martial arts while I was there. You know, Albuquerque is a big fight town. It's a lot of MMA gyms there, boxing gyms, lots of stuff. And martial arts was huge there. Um, I mean, I learned so much discipline from my time there, discipline and toughness for sure, going through that. Um, you know, we lived how many years? Maybe five, five or six years there. Uh, and then, and then my, I remember being upset. My dad's telling us that we're moving to Texas. Um, you know, I felt like I, yeah, I remember being upset, like, man, we're moving again. Sure. Like what the heck? Yeah. What, you know, what age we, were you we, around that time? So that, that was fifth grade, fifth grade, fifth grade. That was, and then we moved to, to Liberty Hill. Yep. Yeah. And we moved to, to, you know, and I was big into martial arts. I loved it. And, uh, had it really enjoyed going to all those tournaments and doing that. And so that, that was part of it too. But then, uh, I mean, the best thing that could have ever happened was moving to Liberty Hill, Texas, man. I mean, boom, Sham you know, wow. dude, the, the community, I mean, and, and guys like you and, and, and all those guys you just mentioned with the memories, like, you know, I still talked to a lot of them. I ran into, to Lumpkin at, at Costco, uh, a while back. And, you know, it's just good to see. I'm following, I'm following Lumpkin on LinkedIn. Like that guy's in the, to the AI newest stuff. Like I want to learn more about that. Right. Oh yeah. He's, he's jumped around to some places and, and doing his thing. I'd, I'd like to talk to him more about that stuff too. That stuff scares me, but <laughs> same positive oh. negatives. Um, we won't know until it actually like keeps going, but yeah. Right. I feel you yeah, for Keep sure. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, moving to Liberty Hill was the best thing that could have ever happened. And, uh, you know, it had that small town and, and just great people, great people, man. And, uh, you know, of course, moving to Texas, I mean, football is everything. You know, I remember growing up, you know, being sixth grade and going to these games. And I'm like, man, these guys, I looked up to those guys. I wanted to be like like Dustin Ragsdale or, you know, Spencer Tyler or Spencer Churchill or, you know, Blake Schrock. Like all these Levi guys, Jones. I wanted to be like, oh, Eli. Oh, yeah. Levi Jones, man. I mean, he. He took us under his wing when we were young bucks, you know, he, he really did. But I, I was just, I was like, why, why is Liberty Hill so bad at football? Like they, these guys are athletes. I know. I, I mean, I was, I couldn't believe it, you know, and I'm sorry. Hey, hold on. I want to pause real quick. I want to back up because I'd Go like to it. share some, some memories about Tony, you know, coming uh -huh. in, in, in my introduction to, to football, you know, in seventh grade, Tony, I mean, Tony's a, Tony's a beast. He always has been. He's thick. You know, you're not, you're never more the most jack guy. You're just thick. The only, the only thick pit part of my body right now is my tummy. <laughs> That's the same here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, I've heard some guys talk about stories about, you know, their introduction to college football and things like that and having to, you know, go against you head on. That, that was me in seventh grade. And, you know, and I thank you, Tony, because you hit me so damn hard that I realized that I, I need to get quicker because I don't want to get hit like that. I'm going to start juking people <laughs> and I'm going to work up my athleticism so I don't have to get rocked like that. <laughs> you, nice. you probably made a lot of kids quit football, which is great because we got the, 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 we got the weak ones out of there, but yeah, you're only with the best on your team, right? Right. Absolutely. And, and not only that, I mean, guys, Tony, Tony was our running back in middle school. It, it was literally like having Derek Henry, on your team. It was so awesome. 
<laughs> turn around and pitch the ball. And you probably made a bunch of kids here in Central Texas quit football and never want to play again after getting run over by you. So uh, you made a lot of kids tougher. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. well, um, I hope but, so. Uh, I hope we. I hope we keep on continuing to grow like the Texas football, um, I guess, culture, right? With that. Right. But I mean, at the same I, time, I, like, it builds teams. And there's a lot of companies that are going to Texas and they're flourishing and they're leaving other states. Right. Maybe that's right. Reason. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I could tell you the future's bright. Uh, I mean, the, the flag football is has blown up in this area. Absolutely blown up. I mean, there's so many leagues, and the, these some of these athletes, I'm just blown away by. I'm like, wow, you'll you'll see these kids playing on Saturdays and <laughs> one day. You know, it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. Um, but sorry, I'll, I'll go back to uh, to Liberty Hill. You know, again, best thing that ever happened to me moving there and being a part of that community. And of course, you know, when coach Vance moved in, um, I, I remember, I remember coach Vance moving in, we were in eighth grade. It was in the spring towards the end of the school year. And he came over to that field and, and we all lined up and ran a 300 shuttle. And, you know, you run that first 300, it's like, oh, that's not too bad. And you get that rest. And then you run the second one and you're like, oh my God, all of us are puking. All of us are like, <laughs> what are we getting ourselves into? But I just knew that day that he was going to change the culture. I just yeah. knew it. I, I mean, I knew that we were going to have to earn it and, and that, that the culture was going to change. And and I really think that Coach Vance saw in you and I, you know, as being the first freshman that the class to, to come through with him really yeah. confided in us to be leaders and, and pushed us to, to help change that culture, you know? Yeah, something um, that's been on my mind a lot with, with that thing is um... – so the previous coach was uh, Lawson. Yep. What was his first name? Hal. Hal. Hal Lawson. Hal Lawson. So Hal Lawson comes to Liberty Hill. And Hal Lawson does does some good things with Liberty Hill. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, to say anything bad. Right. Um, but it was kind of like business as usual. Maybe I need to get him on here and ask more questions. But – when Vance comes in, Vance changes the culture. Yes. Vance makes things happen. His back's up against the wall. He comes from Sam Marcus, and Sam Marcus is coming off of a lot of good things. He brings that to Liberty Hill. And now Liberty Hill is still a powerhouse. I don't want to say like a dynasty, but like, like, I mean, Chip, yeah. Vance made that happen. All right. So, um, Vance's culture, I think, was a good eye opener and learning tool for us as as young guys to see right. how that actually works. And you get into that, and you're like, "Oh man, this sucks. This sucks." And I want to, you know, play a pity party on myself and, and do all those things. Vance was the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, while he like spoke all those things and had the right message and knew what to, to do and say and all that, he brought in some really, really good coaches. 
Good time. During that time, because there was like a coaching staff wipeout and revamp, right? And right. a key player in that was Coach Jeff Walker. Man. He was man, the man. He, he was, was the man. Guy, I, he was up before 4 a.m. And when that when that doorbell rang, he was running out the field before any of us, any of us could ever get there, right? Leading by example. Yeah. Tell, tell us your story with uh, with Walker before we get to the rest of it, because that's a good story, right? Oh yeah, man. I mean, I mean, as you mentioned, I I lived with Coach Walker. You know, my uh, my parents went through some hardship. You know, they uh, my mom ended up uh, leaving my dad and really leaving our family. <laughs> so you know, it was uh, you know, my parents were together since they were fifteen years old and. And my dad was just, uh, was, was devastated, you know, and, and some things changed. Um, you know, he let some things get the best of him, and, and, you know, you know, long story short, he turned it around. It's an inspiration to see what my dad was able to, to pick himself up off the ground and, and realize the, the important things that he has through me and my brothers and sister and, and, and uh, you know, pick himself up off the ground and turn it around complete 180. But that took some time, you know, so, it, you know, here I am. This is uh, this is my sophomore year. I just starting quarterback. You know, my dad's telling me that we got to move to a to a one A school. You know, about an hour hour away. And I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'd moved so much growing up, and I, I was just like, Dad, like I can't move. I'm the starting quarterback. I've got a hot girlfriend. Like I can't leave this. Thing. I can't move, Dad. I'm like, oh man, and I, I mean, it was really beating at me. And I remember it was at towards the end of track practice, and uh, Coach Walker came up to me. You know, at that time, I was kind of talking to Chance about living living with Chance for a little bit, and you know, and I love Chance to death, but it probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me to do. I there probably would have been some bad decisions, or who knows? You know, it wouldn't have been the best thing for me to do at that time. And and Coach Walker came up to me after practice and and just told me he's like hey man like i just want you to know like i've, I've got an open room in my house he's like if you need a place to, to stay i was like coach i don't want to leave he goes i don't want you to either <laughs> so you know i talked to my dad and i knew it broke his heart you know i knew he didn't want to be away from me like that but he, he knew how important liberty hill football was to me and uh how important it was for me to be in that environment with with all of you guys and 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 finish that you know so i there we go i, I move into coach walkers that that summer and um you know I've, i'm so thankful for it i got to see another side of coach walker that a lot nice. of people did you not know, watch scary movies with coach walker <laughs> sat there and, and right. got to know his family so for the group coach walker was the animal he was i'm up early i'm gonna grill you when you're down I'm going to make you better. Yeah. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to coach you. Um, one of the best coaches that I've probably ever come into contact with um, personally. Uh, tell us about the other side of Coach Walker. Oh, man. Coach Coach Walker had – he had the biggest heart. You know, as much as – and as hard as he was on, was on us and as much crap as he would talk to us, I mean, he loved all of us. <laughs> he really did. I mean, he would yeah, push you so hard, yep. right? 
but that moment that that you did something something great or you 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 he saw that hard work come to fruition and you would you would make that player do something and when he ran up to you and gave you that hug it he'd was be the best celebrating right next like yeah. Oh yeah, man. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and something so ironic happened yesterday. My, my brother was actually uh, with my dad helping him move a, uh, some stuff out of storage. And, you know, we used to have the, the shoe boxes. We'd get our cleats at the beginning of the season and I'd put that top of my locker and I would always just put like uh, all the game plans and all the, the, you know, they do the checklist of the plays and comments. And I guess this was in my dad's storage. And my brother just randomly texted me one of these from Coach Walker yesterday. And nice. I, I got to read some of these. You're going to laugh, dude. Do it. So oh, no. here, it, says, uh, it doesn't tell what team, but, you know, we didn't lose a lot of football games. So even some of these comments were probably touchdowns or, or you know, plays that we scored on. But, you know, he, he goes, the, the first play here, he's, it says to get more depth, carry out a better fake. Next one. Exact same thing, except horrible, double underlined. <laughs> he goes, uh, horrible fakes. He goes, uh, square your shoulders and throw the ball. Look at that. Jogging. Better fakes. Poor fake. Throw a catchable ball. <laughs> what kind of fake is that? <laughs> Too much depth. Run the damn ball. <laughs> he goes, uh, what is he goes? You're watching too much. Follow it. You must get better. We need another gear out of you. <laughs> it just again, like it was so hard on me, but I, uh, man, I loved it so much. He was, uh, he was a special yeah. guy, and you know, uh, when I went to went on to to play uh, football at Mary Harden Baylor uh, during that time, he had um, he'd all, he'd gone up to Rogers, so he actually lived in Temple during that time and I would randomly run into him. I'd randomly run into him at Ross. You know, I was a poor college student. I'd go get some clothes at Ross and I, I would run into coach Walker there often. Um, but it was cool to get to see him. And, um, you know, we were actually it, by that time he'd moved back to Liberty Hill when coach Vance retired. And I remember, uh, when they announced that coach Walker was going to be the head coach there, it made me so happy. You know, not uh, it, not only for for Liberty Hill, but for him, because I knew that he he loved that place and and loved uh, loved the kids there and, and wanted to continue that thing. Um, they were, um, you know, that that last one of his last seasons here. They had a playoff game against Lampasas, just right down the road, and I took the boys there, and uh, we we went down in the field and talked to him after the game, and you know, he realized what a what I was doing uh, commercial flooring now. And just asked me to come look at the locker room, and really that was just a uh, something he just wanted to see me. And that you know he ended up calling me into the weight room, and we're sitting there, and he told me that his cancer had come back. Yeah, and, you know, and, and Coach Walker is just like he's just like invincible to me. Like, How you does know, a guy like that get cancer? Like in my mind, I'm thinking, I know, okay, man. cancer. All right, you're not healthy. You're not doing the right things. Like, no, that's not how that works. It just right happens i mean the guy he didn't drink he didn't do that guy did everything anything that you know I mean, right you know and he told me that um and it was just uh i mean what do you say i mean i told coach i loved him and of course thanked him for everything and he told me just not to be a stranger you know and it's like anytime someone passes away you wish you would have gone and seen him more and spoke to him more you know you think about that after but yeah 
you know, he was just a, a spe- such a special man in my life. I mean, one one memory I have from him that's doesn't even have to do with football. Um, was after my time at, uh, I had some break after fall camp from uh, at UMHB, and I came back to watch. Uh, you know, my brother was playing, and they were scrimmaging Austin Anderson, and we're down there at House Park. And actually, I think I was about to go to fall camp. And uh, I remember giving coach a hug and I'm walking away and he says, Hey Dex, Dex, come here. And he's like, I just want you to know that you can do anything you put your mind to. And, uh, you know, it sounds so, it sounds so so simple. Yeah. But like when, when you look up to someone like that and they say something like that in a time of, you know, trial. Right. It's huge. And I mean, I have, I've closed my eyes and envisioned that, in so many scenarios throughout my life, like whether that be a job interview or, or whatever, anything stressful, if I'm going through a hard time, I close my eyes and imagine that still to this day. And it helps me get through those things. Awesome. You know, it's uh, it, it was such a, a small, but special part of my relationship with him that I'll carry forever. Awesome. We spent a long, a, a lot of time on Walker, a little bit on Vance, um, somewhat of a, a handoff legacy there, right? Um, big impact on you with the uh, Walker story. I thought that was important to bring up and kind of meditate on. So, oh yeah. All right. So we rabbit hole. Keep going on your story. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, and then, uh, you know, once we were done with football at Liberty Hill, I just. Uh, I was, you know, I was only being recruited by Division three schools. I, I, I was a Division three athlete. I, I know that. That's what, that. Uh, I was okay with that. I just wanted to keep playing football. And uh, man, to go to UMHB to another awesome culture, full of awesome people and awesome guys that that are just like me that want to work and want to get want to get better and win um, was so special. Some of the people that were there, I was just like, I mean, how are these guys recruiting? these guys like you should be playing d1 somewhere you know really? it was like oh yeah guys, i mean our like, our linebacker was played in, played in the nfl and got us a, a huge contract i mean he was a a, a monster um but so, you know to go to a culture let's say that again sorry i was just gonna say good culture yes and that's what it's all about i mean culture you know, when you all love each other, the winning programs have that that culture where everyone cares about one another, and it's like a family. I mean, just push. hearing you guys talk about your brotherhood and, and those relationships that you have, I mean, that's a huge part of winning culture that I've always, you know, believed in. And even when it comes to, you know, the parallels of football and, and say, business or, you know, whatever environment you're, you're in and trying to, to create that winning culture, I mean, it's all about, you, you know, you got to love each other and be willing to sacrifice, sacrifice for for the for your for your teammates, for your your people. You know, yep. but uh, going there was was awesome um, and a big eye opener. You know, again, you're like you come from being one of the top dogs and getting there, and you're like, oh man, I'm a freshman here on scout team playing JV, getting my teeth kicked in every day. Small pond, <laughs> right? Flopping, and you're like, right. <laughs> you know, and after after that, my freshman year, I almost left. I almost went to Texas State, go to join Amanda and, you know, a bunch of other Liberty Hill folks and um, decided to stay. And I'm so glad I did. You know, it was um, awesome. 
Why? It was a Why'd great you time to stay. Versus going somewhere else. Versus leave. Yeah. I mean, it was just the. I, I just. I, I love football, and I you know I let I let some negative things get to my mind, and I was like, I'm gonna push through that. I'm, I'm gonna push through that, and uh, man, that spring. I got, I got, I worked so hard. I got so strong. I mean, I told you, you remember how skinny I used to be? Yeah. I used to be so damn skinny. And I, 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 you know, I came back and some people are like, gosh, man, like, what are you taking? I'm like, nothing, man. I just, I work hard and um, it, it's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was a special time for me. Um, you know, and I still talk to a lot of those guys every day, just so they, like you guys, I'm sure you have, group messages with your, your teammates that you chat and share things with. And, you know, it's the same thing. We've uh, got a golf tournament coming up for our alumni association, and it's always good to get with those guys and, and have a good time. You know, the, the, the network that we have there is unbelievable. Uh, again, you know, talking about great coaches, I mean, I went to another group of coaches that were just unbelievable. Coach Fredenberg is just an amazing leader, you know, similar to Coach Vance and the way he can get in front and, of people and just talk and motivate and, and just fire you up with just some of the, the stories aren't even, you know, that, that great or anything. It's just the way that they speak, that they can just empower you to, to believe in, in, in what they're saying and, and buy in and work yeah. and work hard and, and you do what we got to do. The, and uh, <clears throat> the incredible story of coach Vance from you right now, I'm going to inject this is yeah. when he, he could get, out in front of all of us and it's not like he can be like hey i'll prove it to you right he's not gonna put on pads but he could always get out there speak in a way that there's conviction in his voice like right he believes the values he lives the values he's working on the values and i think that what that's what makes coach Vance like a killer high school coach during those days. Cause oh, you yeah. can never like it in some high schools, maybe the, the high school coach just like went to the college and went to the NFL for a couple of years They come back, they come back to high school and then they can coach now and be like, Hey, I got a whole bunch of, you know, deposits in my bank. Mm-hmm. And what I say uh, makes sense. But with Vance, like, he always had a way to make it make sense. Right. So. Like his whole, his hold the rope story. When he would tell that story. Yeah, I've used that one a a time or two. Oh, yeah. I mean, when he would tell that story, like. And you could just see the passion in his eyes when he would talk about having your teammate hanging over a bridge and that rope burning through your hands and ripping your skin off. And like the way that he told that story was just like, man, I would do anything for this guy sitting next to me. You know, yeah. I would sacrifice, uh, sacrifice everything to, to, to help this guy. And that like the, that, the way he told that story, I'm sure there's other coaches that, that use that term, but man, he owned it better than anybody. And and just uh, I mean, you remember, you would just be so pumped yeah. after that after that speech. No doubt, that's what it takes to turn something around. And Coach Vance knew how to do that. So, right, right. 
Oh, yeah. So, um, yep, we're uh, UMHB. Um, again, great group of guys, man. We won a lot of football games, um, you know, similar to, to Liberty Hill in a sense that uh, when I got there, that program only started in 98, and I got there in 2005. Um, it's still a relatively new program. But um, those guys ahead of us, kind of like you and I did at Liberty Hill, we helped, we set the culture, a winning culture. And, and showed showed all those kids that it can be done and that hey yeah us kid small town kids we can go out there and win big football games and and they did that same thing and, you know um when i played there we played on the high school field now they have this cathedral of a stadium it's beautiful <laughs> and uh you know winning multiple but national championships works, right right, right. <laughs> winning multiple national championships and the winning is college program in the in the state of texas for the last 20 years nice. and uh it, it's been uh it's been great i love uh talking to all those guys i mean guys i played with are big time coaches all over the state uh and, and it's fun to 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 follow them and their careers in high school football now i mean and you know the two gas that were on that that squad one is now the head coach at westlake um, that's a big Coach Salazar. Texas football team right there. Yes. Yeah. For you that for you folks that don't know, I mean, that's where Drew Brees went. That's where uh, Nick Foles went. That's where Sam Ellinger went. Guys that are all playing in the league or have played in the league. Um, you know, it's it's so awesome uh, that, that uh, Tony Salazar is doing that and doing big things and got another coach, Branscom and Allen, which is another just beast of a program. It's just I feel so grateful to have been with these guys and learned from them. Um, you know, they're just the ultimate competitors and know how to get the best out of folks and do it the right way, you know. For sure, the right way. Oh, for sure, yeah. And uh, But, yeah, loved my time at UMHB. Um, you know, after that, graduated, like you mentioned earlier, went on to uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, it's where I met my wife. Uh, you know, nice. never forget that. It, yeah, I met my wife in Enterprise. Um, you know, Enterprise is a uh, it's a great company. It really is. But just like like I, I probably stayed there way too long. <laughs> I was there for nine and a half years. Um, you know, I, I had some great bosses there. One of, honestly, the one of the best leaders I've ever worked for was a lady. Her name was uh, Rosie Thomas, and uh, she's okay. from Trinidad. What made her great? You know, similar attributes to what we were talking about with Coach Vance and, and just her ability to get up up in front of people and just empower them to 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 be better and to, to execute. And, and just her, you know, and then she was also kind of like Coach Walker in the way in the way that she would talk to me. You know, she she's from Trinidad, so she kind of had this uh, Jamaican accent, and she would call me just Dexter. <laughs> she had the best so you best, knew if uh, you were doing something wrong or right right she I mean, she hit me with this thing one time she's like dexter you like uh you like this you're like a bad boyfriend you know i break up with you and then you'd be good again then you'd be good and then all of a sudden and you lie again <laughs> just you know she would just she was just real with me and just such a great leader you know it was uh it was awesome you know, she managed both my, my wife and I, and, uh, she was, uh, she was amazing. And I still, you know, talk to her here and there. Um, that's good. But yeah, went, 
went on to enterprise before I left. I was in a, a, a went to the corporate office here in Austin and I was, uh, uh, worked as in our business department. I would visit with companies, uh, that did that traveled for business and I would go create, help create travel plans depending on where they'd go. Um, just to, to support what they needed, you know? Um, but it came to a point where I was like, man, I've, I've worked so many hours. I mean, the way the enterprise gets all these young college kids together right out of school. Yeah, I mean, it's like you a have consultant companies right now. So, right. Yeah. I mean, you're working 50, 60 hours a week and then you get off work and go have drinks with all your, you know, all your peers and, you know, things happen. That's how my, my wife and I met, <laughs> you know, we'll um, but, but how, how they're able to get people to work. So that, that, that job sucks <laughs> and how they get people to come work so hard. Just I, like I just sucks. bought in. Right. I, I mean, I just bought in and I, I wanted to be an area manager. I wanted this, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid and I, I worked so hard, but I didn't make crap for money. I was like, man, I'm, I'm tired of, uh, you know, just getting by. I, I want to do something. And that, you know, I'd been talking to Nate quite a bit, you know, he was kind of in the same boat. He was in, uh, in, involved in the brewing industry here in Austin, uh, which is pretty big. And it was the he same and I about some, uh, Crohn's, uh, machinery ideas off each other. Nice. At the same time. So, Oh yeah. He does all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, he had actually made the, the jump into, uh, uh, flooring solutions, uh, commercial flooring before me and just started talking to me about, you know, Hey, I, I think that you would crush it here. And I think that you would be a great addition and really, you know, put his name out there to help me get in for someone from, you know, renting vehicles to, uh, coming into, you know, big time commercial flooring with no experience. But, um, you know, he just helped sell them on the fact that, that I was going to work hard and be a leader and make things happen. And I did yeah. came right in and just, you know, cause at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, you're managing people, no matter what you're doing, you're managing people. And you gotta, yep. you know, you, like someone said, you, you gotta be a good dude. Uh, you know, one of your last episodes, you, you know, you got to, it, you know, be a leader. And I came in and did that and was able to jump right in. You know, I might've gone on YouTube and learned, you know, what moisture mitigation is and how that process is. And, and, and been able to talk through that, you know, kind of fake it till you make it until I, I really learned things. But man, my my career's jumped off, and I mean, it's been great. It's a great time to be in construction in the Austin area right now. I mean, For with sure. the amount of people moving oh here, my it is gosh. so. I'm from outside Texas. Every time I go back home, it's like once every two years. It keeps on growing and growing and growing. And I'm just like, stop. Oh yeah stop growing right this is not normal right like i mean you know big segments that i'm involved in is education um healthcare, doing hospitals things like that i mean um and, and you know and it's construction i mean things are going to change people are going to get get hot you know things are there's going to be deadlines but you know, <laughs> uh you know you utilize your resource do all the work ahead of time where where if someone, you know, reaches out things, you know, you get hit with a, uh, I'm going blank, get hit with a, a curveball. Um, you've done enough preparation ahead of time that you're prepared for that. hundred percent. So sham, sham that, wow. that, that, right. That you can talk through that and at least, 
you know, have, you know, have an answer for them. So, um, but, but I love where I'm at right now in my career. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful and I'm going to keep on, keep on doing our thing. You know, our company's going through some growing pains right now. Um, when I got there, there was about a little less than 30 employees. I mean, we might be around 40 employees now. Uh, but I mean, it's a great, again, a great time to be in construction in the Austin area. It, 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 and Tony, like you were talking, you know, the amount of folks that have moved here, I mean, they're from all over the world. I pick up my son from school and I, I'll hear three or four different languages. Nice. You know, it's, it's, uh, Our it's wild. from California. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of them are from California. I kind of pointed that question. Where are the majority of folks coming from? It's from California for sure, California. for sure. Um, also, I mean, there's people from all o- all over now, but the majority of it, yeah, it, it's California, California and Mexico, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all over, man. I mean, gosh, the kid, my 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 son Dane, uh, one of his best friends, uh, you know, in his class is from Russia. Uh, I mean, there's Russia. there's kids. That's from, interesting. Oh yeah, right now, I mean, there's kids from all over the world here. The what tech kind of industry stories? is probably a lot of about diversity for sure. What kind of stories are you hearing out of uh, Dane's friend from Russia? See, like, oh, that kid like... trips me out, man. Oh. He's a he's hilarious. That's good. <laughs> he's... No, yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's got good stories, seven. or is like, is there anything there that like you're kind of like, whoa, we got no, no, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's ordinary. <laughs> gotcha. I had to ask. Uh, you know, Russia, China, and all that stuff. I get the right. All right. So tell us about uh, you and your wife, where y'all met. Tell us that story. Yeah. So, uh, how'd that go? Yeah. I was an assistant manager at the enterprise there in Colleen, Texas. And, uh, um, I'm trying to think how to put it. Let's say, I mean, it was literally love at first sight, man. It's one of those stories. I mean, I remember expect that Saturday, ex- knowing that we were going to have a new hire come in. They were going to get their car to go to training in, in Austin that following week. And this blonde girl walked through the door, and I was like, "No way!" Like that—that's that's our that's why new employee. Like, holy shit! I was like, "Oh, I literally," <laughs> you know, they ha- they have a lot of rules. You know, you're not supposed to, uh, yeah, rightfully date so, folks yep. again, but. I, it was just like, man, I literally dumped my girlfriend <laughs> like that week. I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta go after this girl. And luckily, hey boss, she. Uh, you gotta, you gotta move me uh, from this location to a different location, right? Oh, that happened. That well, what, what's it? Well, I'll tell you. So, you know, we started dating, um, keeping it secret, things like that, and uh, she ended up getting pregnant. And, uh, I, that, that boss, Rosie, I told you about, I ended up calling her one morning and I'm like, Hey, Rosie. I was like, Hey, she's like, Oh, I saw you. You tried to call me last night. I was like, yeah, yeah. I got something to share with you. I was like, I've got a baby on the way. She's like, Oh, yay. <laughs> and I goes, Oh, but the, the mother's Logan story. And she goes, Oh, Oh, I'm going to call HR. I'll call you right back. <laughs> um, but yeah, we ended up, uh, you know, meeting with them and, you know, I don't, I don't know what they expect when they stick a bunch of young kids right out of college, 50, 60 hours a week. You know, I know there's so many relationships that I know of from our time at Enterprise. I mean, we were with each other constantly. 
Feel you. But uh, they ended up moving us to different branches, making it work, and um, and yeah, that was it, man. Nice. And now we're we're still here, and she's still putting up with me. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. No. Uh, it was awesome to hang out with you guys when I was still in Fort Worth area. And oh, she's uh, with your kiddos. Right. That was a good time. She's amazing, man. I got so lucky. I mean, I I got a you know she's from small town Iowa. I mean, her dad's a farmer. It, it's so nice to go visit. It's like escaping society out there. I mean, it's like a it, it's great. Uh, except in January or anytime during the winter. <laughs> what else is good about Iowa? Oh, the people are great, man. The people nice. are, are so, yeah, the people are great. And, you know, that's just like America's backbone. I mean, those farmers out there. Yeah, hard work. So hard. Like, yeah, oh, sure. yeah. And it's, and dude, it's, you know, my father-in-law will take me around and, He's always like, hey, Dex, you know, let's go check out the crops. That means we're going to get the truck and drive around and drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> on all those little farm roads. And he'd show me all the equipment. I mean, it's just amazing, the technology that's involved in this stuff, the GPS technology, and just and really how much government's involved in it, too, is crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, I have but, a uh, – actually just sold some farmland uh, that – I nice. inherited as a as a child from my grandfather up in uh, Spring Lake Earth, Texas. Yeah. And uh the farmer that used to farm it, you know, ten years ago. Um, old farmer did what he had to do. You know, hearing the stories from my dad is like kinda like, uh, might be a, a weird deal. And then it went on to his son. So his son's been farming it for a while and he insurance farms it. He's like, mm-hmm. Hey, there's no water. If it rains, great. If it doesn't rain, I'm sending it to the government. The gov- government's going to send me a check. I'm like that's, that's not a good investment. Right. Right. No, it's <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, my father-in-law showed me that I'd be like, There'd be all these these farms laid out, and then one patch that's just untouched. And I'm like, man, why? What's going on there? And I guess they're they're told not to to farm that area. You know, they're paid not to to touch that. And he's like, in you know, the the turnaround to get that field back to yielding quality crop is a lot of work. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs about all that. I'm not going to act like me I either. Do, but I, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> but I don't understand that. That's why I'm selling that shit. So right, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so anything else on your story you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, I guess uh, mention my kids. <laughs> you know, I've got uh, two boys and uh, Brock. He's nine. Uh, Dane Brock. just turned eight, and uh, one more boy on the way. Doing July, mid July. So, and uh, oh, his name's gonna be Hawk. H a w k e Hawk Hawk Walker Hawk Walker Hanson Walker, nice. How's mom feel about that with three boys, no girl? Well, we tried for a, we tried for a girl, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you could ask uh, Simpson's mom about that and see how that goes. Right, All right. <laughs> but uh, she's uh she's excited more uh more flag football so. Uh, that'll be she, fun. She's but, definitely probably a tough mom for sure. 
Oh yeah. Got some no, great... she is fantastic. Absolutely. She doesn't mess around. I mean, she's, you know, she played, uh, NAI at a small college softball as well. So she's, you know, just as competitive. And, uh, I mean, she's, uh, she's the best mom. I could, you know, she's the best. She, she is so good to my boys and, uh, yeah. you know, and helped them so much. You know, my, I could uh, tell my oldest about, uh, maybe eight years ago when you guys came over, I could tell. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. She's, uh, she's great. I mean, she has the right, holds the right values and, and, uh, you know, doesn't mess around and I love it. <laughs> doesn't mess around with those boys. So someone that can great. be brutally honest with you. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. All right. Here's your niche. Uh, anything else in your story that you want to talk about before we get to your niche? Uh, now let's do it. Um, all right. Tell us about it. About my niche? Oh, about yeah. my, okay. Yeah, so, um, uh, gosh, I guess it was Christmas, uh, or yeah, Christmas Eve 2021. Um, you know, I'm having a regular, regular evening, and I, I go to bed that night and uh, wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, I, I couldn't breathe. Could not breathe, man. I just couldn't, but didn't know what was going on. I got up and tried to, uh, you know, was just walking around like, what the heck? Like, you know, finally after, you know, hours of, cause I'm just a, a dumb, dumb football player that, you know, doesn't like to go to the doctor It you know, after my whole life have just pushed through, you know, pain or whatever it may be. Um, you know, never been one to just go to the doctor. And it, it, it got to a point where I was like, man, this isn't right. So I ended up going in and they tell me I've got uh, COVID and pneumonia. Um, you know, not a whole lot they could do for me at that point. They ended up giving me an infusion. Uh, and uh, I ended up going home, um, you know, that, that morning. And, uh, you know, had a, had a rough time, really bad case of COVID, did not feel well at all. I mean, my lungs were full of fluid. I couldn't, couldn't sleep very well and started to feel a little bit better. Um, three weeks go by. I, I go back into I, I go to bed. Um, I actually had tickets to go to the, the 49ers Cowboys playoff game here in oh, Dallas. Man. And this is the day before and, and I wake up and uh feel that same that same way. And uh end up going to, back to the you know, I'm sitting there again, same thing, sitting there on the couch like, oh man, like you know, I don't want to miss this game. I wanna go. I'm like, you know, the sitting there for now. Hours. Yeah. Right. Hours and hours. It's finally two in the morning. I'm like, it. I'm not feeling better. Like I, I've got to go back. And that's when, uh, you know, they came in and they did a CAT scan on me and the doctor came back in and he told me that I had congestive heart failure. And I, you know, never even thought about that or, I mean, my jaw hit the ground, you know, I'm 36 years old at the time. And, uh, it was just kind of that feeling where you feel like your head's in a bubble. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, you get hit with some news like that. It's life altering. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh wow. My, my life's going to be different for forever now. And, uh, man, I, I mean, I've never felt that weak in my life. I couldn't walk, you know, from the car to the, 
to the counter in the emergency room without, you know, losing my breath. My, my ejection fraction for the, the blood in my heart was only at 20%, super, uh, super weak. And, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, they tell me this and, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Like there was some dark days there in the hospital. Just, you know, you, you get faced with, you know, life doesn't, life doesn't slow down for you when you're faced with something like that, you know, it keeps moving on. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, okay, this is, this is what I got to deal with. It's time to buckle down and, and get through this. You know, I had to change a lot. You know, Tony, there was a, uh, there was a time there where I, I was drinking quite a bit for about a five year period up to that, you know, um, you know, every day. And, you know, I'd never missed a day of work in my life never been late to anything and you know but i would drink every night and you know i was i could function you know it wasn't uh it didn't seem like a problem to me because i was doing everything else right you know i was performing and and on time what have you and uh you know when i got hit with that stuff you know you you look back on decisions you made and and uh it was time to to change that so you know i get out of the hospital and I, i'm wearing a, a defibrillator um a wearable defibrillator and what, uh what does that device do for you so if my if, during that time if i were to have an issue i would I would if i were to go into cardiac arrest it, it would electrocute me give that shock that that time for my heart to get back for you know help to get there did you ever so no thank goodness but there'd be times where my heart rate would get a little too high and that thing would start buzzing at me and i'd be like oh shit <laughs> Turn off, did you get off. you an apple watch by now i did man i got one and i love nice. it it's telling me I get, I told tell you. me i need to stand up right now you did man and it has it's been so it, important it, like i'll tell you though the one thing you know after all that you know i'm out i'm like i, I i've got to change you know my health of course, it's the most important thing right now. I've got to be here for my boys and my wife and my family. Yes, 100%. The, the one thing, you know, so I started, I go to the doctor and I'm like, you know, the one thing I, I've always struggled with sleep, you know, growing up. And uh, I, I think your buddy Ram on here talked about it, man. I went and did a sleep study and I had severe sleep apnea, severe sleep apnea. And without, you know, without knowing, I just thought I slept terrible forever had uh did that sleep study and man I, this cpap machine has has changed my life it's, it, it's I been still incredible. need to get that i think dude i mean and it's a struggle when it first starts like you know it's different it's but man like i really feel like when i started that i saw the biggest progress i mean you know besides eating healthy and exercising regular things like that the biggest progress from from using that machine i mean it, it that it gives my my heart a chance to rest and heal where you know previously it had been working its ass off you know fighting the sleep apnea and things like that so it, it's yeah. been insane and the technology in this thing now is just unreal i feel like i came into the sleep apnea um cpap machine at the ideal time that anyone could and it, it's just uh the technology is unreal i don't even have to touch it i just put it on and it goes my pulse check on my health is always resting heart rate uh, and with the Apple Watch, yep. that helps. Like, all right, am I in the 60s? I need to stay in right. the 60s. When I get to 50 years old, all right, I need to be in the 50s. Right. Um, that's my lean daily management of my heart rate. So 
totally. I mean, during that time, I, you know, when, when I was first diagnosed with the, the heart failure, it was my heart rate stayed in the 130s for weeks <laughs> and weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was um, it was interesting to just go from, you know, being able to do a lot of stuff to all of a sudden not, you know, yep. um, but it's been it's given me an opportunity to really understand what's important in life, honestly, you know, and, and how special a time is to, to spend with your kids. You know, I just, it, it's been wonderful. Um, you know, and then just to be more, you know, more involved with, with, uh, with flag football, I think you see the shirt I'm wearing TFT stands for team fatherhood training. That's nice. the organization we, we play football through and, uh, man, just to, you know, and I do it too, not only because I love football, but it, it keeps me active. So I'm out there with these kids and pushing them. And it's been, they've all been an inspiration to me to see the way that they've played. And, and, and you know, even my own son, he, uh, he has worked so hard. Uh, you know, he'll, 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 Brock come or Dane? To me, but Dane. Brock, I, I love Brock. He doesn't love football that much. He, <laughs> he played that. I made him finish the last season and, and you know he uh, he doesn't he didn't want to play anymore. He he's into other things. So my my grand uh, my grandpa actually bought it bought him a dirt bike. And uh, I don't know if you know my dad fifty six years old fifty seven years old still races in trail series nice. here around Austin. So Brock's uh, he wants to get into that. And so so here's my dream idea: I can come down yeah. to Austin, get on the Rogan podcast for something crazy. And then yeah. uh, race dirt bikes with your dad. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would <Yeah>. be great. <laughs> that's, that's my next vacation trip. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. But yeah, man, um, it's really, uh, you know, of course it's changed my life, but uh, I just got to continue being healthy and, you know, and focus on what I have to do and I'll be okay. I'm, you know, yeah, I was hit with something catastrophic, but I'm at an age where uh, I can overcome it. So, nice. um, I'm doing. Had, that. A, had a few questions. One was, how's the experience shaped your perspective on life? I think you've answered that a little bit. Uh, how about lifestyle changes? Well, yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't drink much anymore. If I do, I mean, I, it's like a normal human, you know, one or two beers. Not a, not an like eighteen pack, to, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right? Or you know, a twelve pack, um, and you know, and being more active, you know, it's uh, and I still struggle with that. It's hard. It's uh, but I go on a lot of walks. You know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts now. You know, Tony, I thank you since you started this. I never listened to podcasts or anything like that, and you started this. And man, I mean, I listen to them all the time now. I, I love it. It's nice. uh, the, like the, the, the raw and unfiltered message you get is so much better than what's censored on, on big programs and things yes. like that. I know you've listened to it's a lot awesome. of these, um, of the ones yeah. that I've published. Are there any of those that stand out to you or like, like I, mean, I, I really like this one. Who are those? I mean, honestly, I've enjoyed all of them. You know, I think the, the first one was, was awesome. I mean, um, it, it was really good, really, really good. And, and, and honestly, I, you know, maybe not one that, that everyone is really 
I don't know how to say it, but you know, you guys have talked about your friend Blake and 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 what happened there. But when you had his dad on, I thought that was really cool yeah. too, Mister Carter. To, right, I thought that was cool, and he was hilarious, and uh, I, I really thought that was a neat one. But you know, again, truly, I've I've enjoyed every single one of them. It's been uh, it, it's been fun to to listen to you, you know, talk with these guys, and you know, get get little bits and pieces from each one that that, you know, maybe I could, uh, I could take and, and learn from and, you know, be better. Um, but no, I, I really have, I've listened to every single episode. It's been fantastic. Nice. Cool. Uh, so with the congestive heart failure, how do you deal with the fear and anxiety that may come from that condition? Right. Yeah, I like mean, all of a sudden it may come back. Like, how does that work for you? Right. So for me, I mean, you know, one thing is I, uh, you know, when that when that happened, you know, it was really my my body. What caused it is my body started to retain fluid. So you know, one of the hardest things when I got out is the fluid restriction I was on. You only have twelve hundred milliliters, like a, you know, two and a half of these a day. Like that, that's it. My wife does that. She, uh, she's got a water bottle measurement thing going on. Yeah. So. Right. I mean, it was a struggle. You're like, uh, I was just thirsty all the time and, and on, and, and, and then the food sucks. I can't, I don't put salt on anything, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and everything I eat is bland. You know, it was, uh, that's one thing it's taught me is that just, you know, gosh, I ate for, for pleasure so much in the past and uh, you know now it's uh, you know i've got to focus on it this is fuel this is medicine um you know as bad as i want to you know eat this mexican steve jobs said that right yeah yeah it's uh you got to treat it that way so you know i eat a lot of meat and vegetables well more vegetables than anything but you know meat and vegetables and keep it simple and it's hard sometimes when you're on the go going to tournaments and things like that with your family but you know, as long as I'm keeping it in mind and, and doing the right things, and, and I'm going to be okay. Got to make the time for that uh, nutrition. Like carve right. out the time to be deliberate with how you eat. Um, right. And my worst weeks are the weeks that I don't do that. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. For sure. So if I eat something bad now, I feel it. My heart rate's through the roof, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got uh, can't do that often. What support systems did you have um, during that time going through that that were helpful? No, I tell you, man, Nate, you know, Nate was, uh, was huge during all that. I mean, his, uh, you know, he, he prayed for me a lot. I talked to a lot of people from his church, nice. you know, he it was just like, I'm sitting there in the hospital and I had, just all these people out praying for me and, and, you know, talk, and, you know, they, he would, he's like, Hey, can, you know, can this guy give you a call? You know, he wants to pray with you and stuff. And it just, uh, he was such an inspiration during that time in there. Cause it was also during COVID. I couldn't have a lot of, a lot of, uh, contact things like that. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there on my phone and I'm like, what the hell it even is congestive heart failure and you're reading and you see, you know, life expectancy, things like that. And I mean, it can put you down a dark hole real quick. 
but that also this type of thing doesn't usually happen to people my age you know typically it's folks much later in their years that you know that those um that those results or those uh trying to think how to say it sorry those statistics come from so you know nate was huge man he he kept me motivated during that entire time and just knew that and knew that I could overcome it, and he helped inspire me to do that. Nice. He was huge. One of your memory, folks. So, yeah. Um, has your experience influenced your aspirations or goals? I mean, you know, there's one thing. You know, like I said earlier, like life doesn't slow down. You know, I got out of the hospital. I'm wearing this defibrillator. And it's like, oh, you know, right, you know, I took like a week off out of the hospital, right back to work, <laughs> you know, right back in there. I've got an electrocution vest on and, and, um, just you know, case. it really, yeah. And it, it just showed like, like some things just aren't important, you know, like, or, you know, it was so easy to just let stress get the best of you, you know, sure, it's man. really, um, yeah, it's like, you know, I would freak out over the, the littlest things or, you know, I, you know, my job, I just, I don't want to let a single person down. And it's not that I would do that now, but, you know, someone would call, I'd drop everything I'm doing and go, go do that. And, you know, maybe put myself in a little bit of a pickle and have to work later or whatnot. But I've just learned to be, you know, definitely more efficient and, and just not let things get to me, not let things take over, you know, like I used to be superstitious and things like that. And it's just like, that, none of that means shit. That doesn't mean anything. Like why, why do I let these things get into my mind you know it's really it's really helped me learn how to focus on my goals and not let let distractions and things get in my way like hey this is what i gotta do i'm gonna get it done um and i'm not gonna freak out about it <laughs> nice. so how do you manage stress now i think you touched on a little bit but yeah how do you manage you know really stress? too i mean uh you know i exercise a lot more um that's What's been a favorite? great outlet so, honestly tony my favorite is yoga i never thought yoga. that i was nice. doing yoga but I, yoga? I enjoy it no no hot yoga i'm not that cool it's in my guest bedroom <laughs> i've got my wife has a, a beach body account uh which has a bunch of exercises that have been great because nice. you know i can do that in the morning before work or after and uh but man i actually enjoy doing yoga i never thought i would say that <laughs> my uh my favorite um due to time restriction is mm -hmm. getting on a bike at the ymca um oh yeah you know, just a, a cycle uh because i feel like the uh effort effort versus benefit is pretty fast like right but if i want to go and like get lost in a podcast i'm just gonna go get on a treadmill and walk walk around yep. and just listen so right like, when i have the time to spare that's what i do uh but if i need to knock it out I'm get on a bike so right oh yeah no i uh it's kind of funny you know once i i started my cardiac rehab I'd go in there and I'd get on this sit down elliptical and, you know, I, I just got in this mindset, like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to get better. 
and uh, you know, I'd get on this damn machine and I would just start working. Like these ladies would be like, "Whoa, like whoa," <laughs> Put, you know, tone it down a little bit. And I'm like, "Ma'am, I'm trying to get better here." And they're like, "This machine is challenging me. <laughs> it's giving me little dingers and like pushing me to to go faster, <laughs> things like that." And uh, man, I would get in there and just like it'd be me and and all these older folks, you know, with heart issues and things. And I would just get in there and freaking go to work. And these ladies are like, they, they just ate it up. They loved it. And uh, I mean, that started it for me, uh, getting in there and just getting that mindset right. And, uh, you, you know, I'm still working. Still got to keep it up. But, uh, yeah. man, I had a uh, an appointment in March and uh, my ejection fraction was near the 70s where it needed to be. And uh, and my. Um, my heart had actually shrunk a centimeter, which was just the, the best blessing I could ask for. Uh, so, cause you know, ex explain the diagnosis from the, the day you got it to the, you know, what you found out recently, like how does yeah. that work when you say your heart has shrunk? Right. I think I get so, it. It's, it's mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, when, when you know, again, my body retained that fluid and that that got into my heart. So that that stretched my my heart out and it made it weaker. So when I say ejection fraction, that heart that blood pumps into your heart and then your heart squeezes that blood out. That's that that ejection fraction. That should be around seventy percent. So mine that twenty percent, all that blood's backing up. You know, it it, it was bad. I felt weak as hell. And uh, so yeah, that's what we needed to focus on, you know, the fluid, the fluid restriction, healthy diet and exercise. Yeah. So, um, went through months of that. I mean, it was a, I mean, I'm still going through it, but you know, a full year of, of being really strict and, um, and it's paid off, man. I mean, when my doctor told me that back in March, I was, I was so happy. But then, you know, I had to tell myself that, you know, Hey, life still isn't just back to normal. You know, you got to keep doing it. So um, that's what I'm yeah. doing, man. So where you're at today, um, how do you keep um, focused on your hopes and dreams? What are your hopes and dreams today? You know, my hopes and dreams today, uh, you know, my focus is on my family, on my boys, my wife, you know, and just – you know, building them up, letting them, letting them, you know, again, like even talking about Brock, you know, what, you know, I was bummed he doesn't like football, but this kid has so he wants to get involved in acting classes, things like that, that he's expressed interest. And who am I to hold him back? You know, yeah. um, who am I to hold him back? You know, he wants to be a YouTube star. He's like, when I go pick up, everybody at school knows Brock. Everybody knows him. He's he's he, he's a great kid, but he's kind of a class clown. And he uh, yeah. he I remember he I remember people. Brock as a bowling ball. Like he's oh yeah, you know where Brock's at. He's on the <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And then you know my 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 uh, I guess middle son now Dane. He uh, well, let me back up to Brock. You know, and Brock has uh, you know it was real difficult for me because my wife worked at a daycare. She was a director at a daycare that time, and. And she would tell me, you know, like Brock, he, he's got something, there's something up, you know, and they did some studies and he's on the aut autism spectrum. And, uh, you know, you, you're like, oh, he's just a kid. Like, 
you know, he, he's fine. You just got to figure out right. where it's going. Right. You're like, you know, and, and you know, it took a lot for me to, to, to take that in and, and, uh, man, you know, he had his own struggles and things like that. And, you know, especially with reading at school and dude, I tell you, I would get up at, at five 30 and I would walk downstairs and I would see him up that early on the couch reading. Yeah. And I was like, it, it inspired me. I was like, man, like, yeah. and, and now, I mean, he, he overcame that challenge. He's reading above his, his grade level and doing excellent. And then I've got another son, you know, the, the, the teachers at school, they're just like, that have, they've had mutual teachers because they're, you know, one grade apart. And they're like, man, these kids are from the same house. <laughs> like, you know, Dane is, he is, uh, man, he's, I wonder how you know, that works, sports, right? Right. I mean, he is an absolute competitor. He, he's not, he doesn't, he's not tall. He's, he's one of the smaller kids, but man, this kid is a competitor and he, he does even better in school. I mean, he's, he's just, uh, qualified for the talented and gifted program. I mean, this kid, a superior score on this test they had to take is a 130 and he made a 137 in the very superior category. So he is in the 99th percentile or the 1% of second graders in the entire state. Yep. And uh, he is uh, that that boy is just so determined and and works hard and I love it and that's that's what I've always wanted to instill in my boys is that you know if you want something you put your head down you get to work and and you do what it's got do what it takes you know and uh, just seeing them do that stuff inspires me to you know to keep going stay motivated and and keep working I, I love it awesome cool. What's your price of admission? Man. You know, obviously a lot of the majority of actually almost all the folks on here have been involved in Navy football and, and, um, you know, really, you know, the, the price of admission to me is just those times where I'm trying to think how to say it. Sorry. It is, it's what, it's those times where you, you don't want to, you know, it's those hard times. It's the times where your mind's telling, you no, and you push through and you overcome that and you keep it and you, and you get better from it. You know, it's the times where, where your body hurts and you push through. It's the times when, you know, for me at the hospital with, uh, you know, my heart at its weakest point sitting there with a little, you know, a little depressed on what's going on and realizing what's important and realizing that it's going to be a long journey and that I'm going to do what it takes to, to be here for my boys and my family and, uh, you know, and watch them play sports as they grow and, and do great things, whatever that may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's those points where, where everything that, your body, your mind is telling you that this sucks and that you don't want to do it and you push through and you make it happen. Nice. Is, uh, is Logan, uh, wrangling the kids in the background? She is. I can hear him back. She there. is. Bring them all in here. Bring Call them all in here. Yeah. Bring them Let's all in. Let's do it. This one's Brock. Brock. What's up, buddy? Hi. Say hi to Tony. Hi, Tony. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Dane, come here. I was talking to my friends a while. Give him in here. Come on. Come here, Dane. 
Come say hi. I want to get a family photo. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Where's mom? Yeah, where is mom? Go tell mom. (laughs) I'll I'll cut out the downtime, but I thought it was important to get you all guys on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. There she is. (laughs) Hey, so I, I wanted to get you on here. Um, you're growing a family, lots of struggles in that it happens all over the place, but, um, thank you for being here tonight, Dex. And we know that it only happens because of her, Logan. Thank you for right. your time and your dedication and sacrifice for him. Oh, thank you. It's nice to see you. <laughs> see ya. Yep. We're lucky. I definitely outkicked my coverage, but. <laughs> <laughs> nice, bud. Yeah. 